On this episode, we discuss White House debt. I mean, Olympus has fallen. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. So here at the Flop House, no, 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 no. <laughs> you gotta say your name Number, first. Yeah. Uh, okay, first wait. What? Is, who are you? I'm Stuart Wellington. Yeah. And, and I'm here at the- and no. <laughs> I'm and I'm Elliot Kale. And if this ID I found in my pocket when I woke up this morning is correct, if we if we sound extra rusty. It's because we actually haven't been together for a while. We often start these uh, podcasts by lying and saying, oh, it's been a while. But in this case, it actually has been. It's been over a month since we recorded. We usually record every two weeks, but we stockpiled, all fiction. We stockpiled a bunch of episodes because we knew we had a lot of... Banked them. We had a lot of life to do. We had a lot of li- living left to we do. got a lot sure. of living and to it's, do. It's, it's been a few, few weeks ago since uh, uh, Elliot's... Uh, Elliot missed Sylvester Stallone appearing on the podcast. Can't mm-hmm. believe I was out of now, the room for that. Were you able? Now you just got back from a USO tour. How did the troops love your recreation of that moment? How did they, they love your Sylvester I, Stallone impression? Man, in Afghanistan, I got so. I was in Afghanistan for a USO tour. I got so much razzing. Spoiler alert! For, for not a spoiler, it happened already. <laughs> okay, I I got so much razzing from the troops for missing Stallone. But uh, when I they love him over there, yeah, yeah, and they did not appreciate my reenactments. They consider it sacred, and they thought Mm -hmm. I was defacing their prophet. Uh, I don't know why you're looking at me. I was not in Afghanistan. I I was looking at you so you could explain what this fucking podcast. (laughs) Oh, sorry. This podcast is a podcast where we listen to a uh, we listen to a <laughs> we bad listen to movie. a bad movie and try to imagine what the pictures look like. It's called the Blind Cast. We like to pretend we're blind and see what it's like to be inside another person's perspective. Mm-hmm. Sure, walk a mile in their shoes. Stuart, did you feel that your other senses became heightened to compensate mm-hmm. for your lack of sight? <laughs> yes. What did the movie smell like? It smelled well. Well, it smelled like a lot of blood splatter. Uh oh. And aftershave. Okay. <laughs> what movie well, could this have been? We then? watched. We watched a bad movie to talk we about it. We washed it all over the place. <laughs> we watched a bad movie because they are filthy. <laughs> so it's a charity thing. So Dan, in this podcast, we watch a bad movie, then we talk about it. Yeah, and the movie we watched tonight was titled "Olympus Has Fallen." Oh no! Does it have the medic alert bracelet? No. Can it contact a health professional to help well, it get up? I'll tell you what, it can get Good up. Good one, dude. Because Gerard Sam Butler Worthington is on this. the case. Sam Worthington was not in this. But, no. But Gr- Gremlin Ge- Battler is. <laughs> Gerard Butler was in it. <laughs> yeah. Your own, your own Gerhardt Bumler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we watched the prequel to White Jerry, House Down. Jerry Bumstead. What if I wish it was a prequel in White House Down? They just kept going again. <laughs> Seriously, that was last week. Also, the two movies take place a week apart, and every once in a while, really we've elected old, a new president in between times. A really old Forrest Whitaker walks through the scene and like throws <laughs> a, uh, a tray full of a tea set. Yeah, up the butler the is there, and he goes up to Gerard Butler and he says, "I'm a real butler." Yeah. They look at the camera, and then mm-hmm. my eyeballs explode <laughs> out of my head, and I die. <laughs> yeah, from awesomeness. Yeah. So Olympus has what, Dan? Fallen. Oh, no. Rated R. Is playing at right here. And it was 
awesome. Uh, I wonder wait, if you're going to feel wait, the same wait, wait. way later on. Let's talk about it a little more. So this was one of the two White House taken by terrorists movies that came out recently. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one, White House Down, seemed like a lot of people surprisingly liked it. I haven't seen it yet, but they see it said so it was very light in tone, very goofy, and knowingly silly huh. that it's such a ridiculous premise. This movie seemed to take the opposite tack of treating this terrorist takeover of the White House as if it actually happened. Yeah, this movie seemed like... You you took uh, the West Wing, the television show, like took all the portent and pomp of the White House. They were so and much then just the married s- it to a sub diehard uh, action film. The score alone, it's all like heavy drums and like sad trumpets and patriotic stirring themes, and you see mm-hmm. a lot of waving American flags, and you just want to like shake the director Antoine Fuqua and maybe like you know this didn't actually happen right like you're not you making made a, shit up. You're, you're not making a movie about Guadalcanal like this is about a made up hostage thing where you have one man on his own trying to fight terrorists in the White House like it's basically Die Hard in the White House and they thought they were making Saving Private Ryan yeah like there's there will be a scene where the president gets up to just walk into the other room and there's a huge music swell yeah. and and ten different people salute him, et cetera, et cetera. And the body count in the movie is enormous. And they're never gonna. They want... killed everyone in America in this movie. It seems <laughs> no like no one dies off screen. Everybody dies <laughs> yeah. on screen. You get to see so many people get bullets shot through their bodies. Like if and a guy gets splatter. shot, the next scene yeah. you're like, oh, he just got shot in the torso. This movie okay. had more bullets to the head than bullet to the head. Yeah, way more. But if, Stuart, if you were a guy saying. gets shot in the torso, the next shot will be him being shot yeah, in the head. Yeah, Gerard Butler walking up and just shooting him right in the face, really <laughs> casually, like really yeah. like, oh, okay, well, uh, I'm just I'm well, by walking the, out of this guy just to be sure. Well, Boom. by the time he does that at the end, he's killed about 400 people, yeah. and he's seen a thousand people get killed. But you're right, he's bullet a to the of souls, head, Charon, the ferryman <laughs> on the river sticks. He believes he's collecting them for his dark master, <laughs> American. <laughs> Well, I mean, with every soul he kills, he gets more powerful. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like the blade of a thousand whatevers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And now, uh, should we dismiss it? Now, the plot of this movie is so stupid. Let's only go over it in the most basic of of things. First off, there's the first kid, and he needs to learn how to get out of the White House mm-hmm. if he gets taken over by terrorists. Well, that that happens Cut later. To <laughs> Ashley Judd, who explodes. <laughs> <laughs> I think you may be doing a little too much. That's a, a, a little too abbreviated. No, no, maybe call it synopsis. <laughs> so Gerard Butler is a former U.S. Army Ranger who's now on the sec- he is a Secret Service agent protecting the president, played uh, by Aaron Eckhart. Played by Aaron Eckhart and uh, the first Two-faced. lady Ashley. Why did Judd. they let him protect the president? <laughs> it was before he got facial reconstruction surgery and he was okay again. Oh, okay. No, we all read Dark Knight Returns. We know that he thinks that both sides of his face are destroyed now. Anyway. Aaron Eckhart. Mm-hmm. I guess you guys didn't read Dark Knight Returns. What's I mean? I what were you doing in 1986 that was so important that you missed it? I mean, I have it on my shelf over there. I just don't remember like. Two okay, faces. braggy. You don't need to brag about your comic book collection. <laughs> anyway, so uh, Aaron Eckhart's the president. Uh, I'm just surprised they let a tobacco lobbyist become the president. Mm-hmm. But you know, and a guy who treated that deaf girl so poorly. Yeah, but I guess he was a veteran of the Battle L.A. <laughs> yep. Anyway, yeah, well, he, he, was a movie. He, he also saved the earth by going to the core and restarting it. So. <laughs> he was in that movie. Yeah. Wow, he's made a lot of crap. <laughs> for, yeah, I think we were saying this earlier. For a good actor, he's made a lot of garbage. Yeah, he's like uh, you. He's made. He's usually for a good actor to make that many crappy movies, they have to be British. Yeah, and just be like, whatever. It's a paycheck. I'll do Shakespeare on the stage, and I'll do this movie where I play an be, alien with brow ridges. I'll be an air yeah. elemental in yeah. Chronicles of Riddick. Et cetera, et cetera. You, you need me. <laughs> 
You you need me to lend gravitas to whatever bullshit you're putting on screen? Sure. Sure, pay me. I'll do it. Just make it out to Derek Jacoby. <laughs> make it out to DJX. That's my rap name. I'm only doing this role so I can get the money I need to produce my first album. Album. <laughs> That's how they pronounce it because they're so classy. It's made out of albumin. Now, uh, Egg whites. Yes. Uh, it's healthier that way. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Aaron Eckhart's the president. Ashley Judd's the first lady. They're at Camp David, and they're about to go to a Christmas party. They're in the motorcade. <clears throat> a tree branch falls. It's snowing. They slip on ice, and the car with the president and the first lady in it goes halfway off a bridge. Oh, no! Now, the first lady is conked in the head. There's blood pouring out of her nose, mm-hmm. and Gerard Butler Gross. makes a split-second decision. I'm going to save the president's life and try to come back for the first lady. He's too late. He saves the president. The car slips off the bridge. The first lady dies. Olympus has fallen. No. And that's a wrap for that <laughs> that's a wrap for Ashley Judd on Olympus has fallen, everybody. Everybody applauds. She gets her paycheck. She walks out. Thinks about running for Senate against Mitch McConnell. Decides not to. What are you going to do? Instead, she'll probably show her boobs in a movie or something. 18 months later, uh, Gerard Butler's character, Banning, has is now working at the Treasury Department. Bruce Banning? Because the president no longer wants to see the man who let his wife die every day. Uh, he doesn't like it. But there's a meeting between the president and the South Korean prime minister. But during it, there's a terrorist attack. It turns out everybody in the South Korean prime minister's entourage except him is a North Korean terrorist. So all the guys with ponytails and suits are bad guys? Yeah, That's weird. Exactly. And uh, th- with the help of Dylan McDermott, an ex-Secret Service agent turned contractor of some kind, they uh, use a plane to basically blow up Washington, D.C. and kill everybody in the White House except the president, the vice president, and a couple of secretaries. Wait a minute. Dylan McDermott is playing a bad guy in this movie? He seems so, I don't know, non-sleazy, non-greasy, like a pleasant fellow. No nope. lack of shaving Trustworthy. and lazy smoking. <laughs> this this is a little problem that I like to call the Von Sydow complex, okay. where a movie... A char- That's also your paperback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's also part of my, my, it's part of my Jack Treacher series of spy novels. It's about Arthur Treacher's brother, who's also Jack Reacher's brother. <laughs> so it's the Von Sydow complex, a Jack Treacher mystery, thriller, spy novel. <laughs> it's part of a series of mysteries, thriller, spy novels. But anyway, in Minority Report, Max von Sydow plays like the president or the secretary of state or something. I don't know. The minute you see him, it's supposed to be a surprise that he's the bad guy. But the minute you see him, you're like, oh, Max von Sydow's in this? He must be the bad guy. He's always the bad guy. Well, this, I mean, this reminds me of... Oh, a, the devil from Needful Things <laughs> is in this? I guess he's the bad guy. This reminds me of a story about our co-worker... And also uh, uh, occasional flop house guest host Jubin Parang. Uh-huh. Uh When we were when he and I had to write questions about um, uh, White House Down, the other uh, White House taken by terrorist movie. Because who was our guest? Jamie Fox or something? Yeah, I think so. And uh, or the White House was probably. Our and guest. Jubin was looking over the uh, cast list, and he saw James that, that James Woods played the Secretary <laughs> of State, and he's like. I bet James Woods is the bad guy in this movie. <laughs> and he was to- he's totally he right. He was right. Though. He went and asked me. He was right. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at the cast list. There's certain actors who are so good at the role of the turncoat mm-hmm. that you shouldn't cast them because you know that the turn- – it's like in Iron Man 3, is it Miguel Ferrer has like three seconds of screen yep. time as the vice president and you know he's the bad guy because yeah. it's Miguel Ferrer. Like, Make like Tom Hanks the fucking bad guy. <laughs> yeah, because Tom Hanks is going to take this tiny role in Iron Man 3. Come on, Dan. 
Yeah, he's saying. a huge star, bro. <laughs> Come on, bro. Or get like an actor that's good that no one's seen before. Yeah. Like, but there's certain actor it's, Channing Tatum, etc. To a lesser extent, but someone who's pleasant, someone who does not exude like Michael evil. Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> yeah, you know, like Michael Shannon, or like uh, you know Robert Englund. <laughs> You know, someone who's all peaches and cream cuddliness. You know, like Danny Trejo. <laughs> Michael Rooker. <laughs> you know, like Michael Ironside. Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> a Peter Weller type. You know, that that actor with the pointy head yeah, that exactly. plays monsters Star Trek sometimes. Into Darkness, he's a bad guy. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Watch it on in demand. It's like five bucks. Who cares? Uh, you know, mm. a guy who lo- you guy who'd never guess the villain, like Gunnar Hansen. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so the uh, the where was I go? Oh, to a lesser extent, it's what I call the Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy Complex, yeah. which is a was a Jack Treacher novel until I was sued by John Le Carre, where you know the you know who the mole is because it's the only big name actor in the cast. This is different. It's an actor you know is kind of is plays sleazy characters, so you know he's the bad guy. But anyway. They a uh, North Korean terrorist named Kang, who apparently has been not hot, Krang, not Krang, who we, which we thought so was his name. So he's not ejaculating and peeing on someone. Uh, that's Wait, where your name. It's it's oh, weird that your mind that goes there for Krang. <laughs> that your image of Krang is so destroyed by that one picture. I mean, that's what I mean in Flophouse mythology. That's where he exists. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's, he's forever positioned as the <laughs> he's to write It's hard to shake that. Letters. Hard to shake that pigeonholing as the double P. Crane. <laughs> oh, you're the double P guy. I have such range. <laughs> I can play any sort of brain in a thorax, not just a peeing one. Apparently, I also play Sean Connery in Zardos. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, Sean Connery was originally going to play Krang. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm the Krang now, dog. That's what he said. <laughs> Who's the brain in a robot's torso now, dog? The name is Ang. Krang. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, Kang, not Krang, he is Kang, the time traveling warlord from the thirty first century, whatever. Not Krang, the the brain. Kang is has apparently been this amazing terrorist mastermind who's also part of the South Korean government. And there's an amazing moment later on where his identity is revealed, and a guy who's working with the Speaker of the House, Morgan Freeman, who is standing in for the pre- who's the acting president because they don't know what's happening. By the way, president, Morgan president. Freeman who I jokingly said was going to be in this movie because I saw Ashley Judd earlier in this movie, and then he showed up. <laughs> because one can't Package be... Package deal, dude. Yeah, it's like the two Corys. Like, they have it in their contract. It's, they gotta work together. It's like that movie where you wear the... By the way, I would love to see a two Corey style movie with Ashley <laughs> Judd working for him. Like a remake of License to Drive or something yeah, like that? Exactly. <laughs> South Beach Academy. <laughs> with Morgan Freeman and Ashley Judd. No way! We gotta get this volleyball team up yeah. and running. Boobs out, everybody. <laughs> There's just two, just two college students on the make. <laughs> One like, of them's a middle-aged lady. The other's an old man. <laughs> I guys, I don't think you can play these parts anymore. I don't, I'm not sure you could ever play these, these parts. parts. But... These are the parts Ashley and I were born to play. <laughs> the penguins marched across. No, again, we're in a meeting. We're in a pitch meeting. You know, talk about penguins. <laughs> It's like it's like Morgan Freeman and Hannibal Lecter. Was that <laughs> well, that's when he auditioned for the role, yeah. And they said he wasn't creepy enough. He just came... lamb screaming still, Clarice. Oh, Andy Dufresne do an made now? the lamb scream, right? Yeah, Stuart, now you have to do an impression. Oh, hello, I'm Werner Herzog, <laughs> yummy. Perfect. A plus. A plus for effort, plus. Okay. And, so... and accuracy. All right, so there's a great moment where the guy who's assisting the president goes, 
this guy Kang, he's the biggest terrorist ever. He does it. He did all these other bombings. No one's ever photographed him or identified him. <laughs> it's like, wait, how do you know he did he it? He tells his own Back fucking up. life story. And they go, they, no one ever thought to look in the South Korean government. Well, okay, you know what? That's fair that no one thought to look there for a terrorist. But anyway, so let's let's cut through this crap. They mm-hmm. take over the White House. It's a long action scene yeah. when they take over the White House. A lot of shooting. It goes on a long time. You fall asleep and you wake up and the shooting is still going on and yeah, you fall asleep it's, again. It's the fallacy of most modern action movies, which is just you shooting a bunch of automatic weapons for a long time is going to be exciting. And like with many fallacies, they think size is what's most important. Mm-hmm. It's not the size of the gun battle. It's how you use it in your yeah. movie. Let me talk about a little it's movie a, called. If you really care about the people involved, a little movie called yeah. Old Boy. Or All if you, you needed. Do a weird thing with it. In Old Boy, yeah, if you do <laughs> like, you know, like shoot they, it in the butt. Something that gets their <laughs> gets their attention. Where you just wiggled in somebody's face for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> just baffle them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, let's take it like a movie like Old Boy. I think everyone will agree the most brilliant scene is the side is the side scrolling fight in the hallway with mm-hmm. it all in one shot with, with a, a hammer. hammer. If I didn't say that, I'd be lying. Yeah, it's like three and a half minutes. It's a group of guys, one with a hammer and the other with sticks, and they just hit each other, and it's an amazing scene. And, and this old boy's is... like, if I had a hammer, I'd hammer in the morning. <laughs> into your head. <laughs> yeah. Then I'd hammer in the evening into your kneecap. <laughs> All over this you. Come on. Kneecap, Elliot. God, Dan, other people have kneecaps. <laughs> You're not the only one who has one. Anyway, how are the kneecaps in this movie, Dan? Did Pretty anybody good. get shot in them? No, I, don't I, so, I don't think so, right? So. Everybody all, got shot in the mostly face. Mostly headshots. I'm the, fine with the that. front of the head, the I'm side of the head, the back of the Everybody head. Shot in the head. Perfect. Sure. A plus. Okay, so but they. It's we a, suggested watching the movie Bullet to the Knee, but Dan said, <laughs> said no, no, thank you. It's still too soon. This is my one veto of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he usually uses his veto to veto when a contest winner chooses the movie we're going to watch. Uh, so there's this long sequence of them trying. The action scenes are just too long. And let me just say this before I forget about it. The special effects in this movie are not very They special. reach Amazing. a new height of crappiness. It's like I have seen be- the better special effects in the cut scenes for like Command and Conquer Tiberian Sun. <laughs> like where it's like just some dude in front of a green screen and there's a CGI explosion behind him, you know. This is these are some of the worst computer effects I think I've seen in years. When the giant airplane was flying around blowing up the Washington Monument, I totally assumed that like a sharktopus was going to come flying <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, I mean like let's take a moment s- to appreciate the most hilarious scene in the film, which is the giant, uh, like the uh, what the what, we, it was like a cargo plane, yeah, it was crashing a, it was a into big... the Washington Monument and just chunks <laughs> of the Washington Monument crushing people running away on the <laughs> and, ground. And, but it looks so fake <laughs> and so bad. The fakest scene for me is there's a part where Gerard Butler uses a rocket launcher to blow up some kind of computer right. hydra gun that's shooting down helico- Apache yeah. helicopters and. He then like it explodes and he has to he falls backwards through a hole in the roof and it looks like he literally sat in a chair yeah. went ah and then they just using like MS Paint just erased the background <laughs> and drew in like a stick figure drawing of a, of a room behind him. Like, but it's also it's, it's like, terrible. It's like the reverse version of that scene in Die Hard Two where uh, John McClane like shoots up toward the camera and then falls yeah. back down. It's like the boring version. At least of that, that was awesome. And William Sadler was in that movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's two things this doesn't have anyway so everyone gets killed gerard butler is the only one left inside because it's die hard in the white house and he's got to establish he's got to save the president before they give in to the terrorist demands which are he's going to kill the president unless the president removes all armed forces from the korean peninsula which is 
crazy, and he wants to reunite the Koreas. But I have to believe that even the president's life is considered somewhat expendable when it comes to, I like guess, world policy. Basically, saying like, "Oh yeah, the Korean War, we ended that now," or like any any military policy. But anyway, he also has a secret plan. There's something called the Cerberus, a failsafe device that will self detonate any U.S. nuclear missile in the country. So wait, it's not a multi-headed dog. No, sadly it's not. And there wasn't the moment that Stuart and I both wanted where it is a multi-headed dog and it sees Gerard Butler and then gives him a nod of understanding and acceptance because Mm -hmm. they're one of a kind. (laughs) Beasts that serve not themselves but a master. A harsh master, but a just master. In Gerard Butler's Yeah, in Cerberus' case, Hades. In Gerard Butler's case, Aaron Eckhart. Mm-hmm. A harsh master indeed. And anyway, more, and meanwhile, Morgan Freeman is kind of like dithering around in the war room while Robert Forster, who's the head of the army, yells at him. And the Cerberus he code— He wars Robert Forster? Yes, yes. He's best known for his role in as the mystic guy who would show up and solve a problem instead of just saving the day himself, Robert Forster. Uh so, Wars. I and think it's available on watch instantly. There's Let's a couple. Check cup- that out. Put <laughs> that in your queue and hit the button that lets it play. Put that in your queue and smoke it. <laughs> there's a couple different. Stuff that up your queue hole. <laughs> there's a couple different scenes where other there are three codes. The president has one. The secretary of I don't know the navy or something. The secretary of defense or something has one. And the secretary of something else, played by Melissa Leo, has one. And the president will watch as Kang beats up the person, <laughs> and then finally the president will go. Okay, give him the code. Give him the code. And in both, one time they almost cut one the guy's neck, and then they just beat the crap out of Melissa Leo. They're just punching her all over. You're like, if you're just gonna give it up, why do you let him beat her up so much, <laughs> yeah. man? You yeah. wish she turned the president. Be like, yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for giving him the code now. But even then, like those people, it's one of those yeah, things where it's, it's like it's either like don't let them beat them up at all. Or let them beat them to death and not give them and the And don't code. give them control of America's nuclear weapons. Yeah. But anyway, Banning is running – Gerard Butler, uh, Brent Branning, is running around <laughs> the White House. Their secret their – secret, <laughs> Hello, like, Brent Branning, super <laughs> secret service they're, agent. They're, they're, At one point, he catches that kid and lets him go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a catch he, and release program for finds, first kids. He, he finds the president's son, the first kid, starring Sinbad, and <laughs> saves him and, and lets him leave the White House. He's creeping around in secret passageways in the White House. White House, where they store, you know, like FDR's gold and stuff, and he, he isn't able to stop them from launching helicopters. The White House that get shot down eventually. Let's now, just... Elliot. What about the first daughter, played by Katie Holmes? Does uh, she get to date who she wants to date? <laughs> she's actually not in this movie. Okay. Now, okay. The Kang loses. He gets his communications with the what outside. Is that movie. What is that? It's American. It's called like First Daughter. Right? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. There were there were actually like two I First thought, Daughter I th- movies. There was one with what's her out. name. Uh, Mindy, something. Kaling? No, Min Mandy Man- Moore. Man- Mandy Moore. Yeah, but the I think the first daughter one with uh with um with Katie Holmes had Michael Keaton in it. Yeah, during, you're right. Yeah. During Michael Keaton's like weirdly it. self-imposed, I feel like period in the wilderness. I think it, considering it came after Jack Frost, I think it was not self-imposed. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was right. after the bomb movie in which he was a jazz musician whose soul went into a snowman. Okay, <laughs> I don't think this was a self-imposed I feel exile. Like, the man could, like he had been in some huge movies, he could have made a few better. Choices. He was one of the best, biggest movie stars on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> No, and he was also Batman. He was fucking Batman, he was fucking bro. Batman. He was Mr. Mom. He wasn't the one who sold those he movies. Was Batman. Batman sold those movies. <laughs> he was Beetlejuice. I think it was the one-two punch of multiplicity and Jack Frost that could kill any career. Mm-hmm. Could kill Tom Hanks' career. Could kill. 
Humphrey Bogart's <laughs> career. If Humphrey Bogart was in Multiplicity and then Jack Frost, he would never make a movie I again. I would love to see him through his vampire heart. all these clones of me. The stupid clone in Multiplicity. <laughs> this just Humphrey Clone Bogart. Doug. Humphrey Bogart trying to put a slice of pizza into a wallet. <laughs> I've told the story before of my attending the New York premiere of Multiplicity as yeah, a kid, Yeah, but it bears right? repeating. Well, let's just say, well, the producer of it, a guy who was, at the time, I think, head of Columbia TriStar, was one of my dad's good friends from college. I think they were roommates. And this was the movie that was premiering in New York, so we went to uh, the premiere of Multiplicity. We sat near... Uh, uh, what's his name? Al Franken. And then at the party afterwards, which was on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, because that was tied to the movie, not at all. Uh, that was when my brother met Harold Ramis, asked him what other movies he made besides Ghostbusters. Harold Ramis says, I made Stuart Saved His Family. And you my mean, bro- I have a right, I have a- No, no, it was Harold Ramis. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, and Harold Ramis said, and uh, my brother responded, that bomb? And Harold <laughs> Ramis pretended to choke him. <laughs> so that's my Harold Ramis story of my brother offending him. Anyway... So the list, I brother think brother is a charmer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, he's single, ladies. <laughs> anyway, uh, there's a reason. If you like sports facts and letters <laughs> and insulting Harold <laughs> Ramis. So there's a reason Michael Keaton was in the wilderness for a while. <laughs> All right, uh, it's not like he was like you know what the world's seen enough of the Keat. I better reserve my power. <laughs> Yeah, I'm he too, went off to live in, like, a crazy kung fu temple somewhere. I'm too beautiful for this mortal plane. Me and the elves are going to leave Middle-earth <laughs> for the Golden Lands. Mm-hmm. It's the Grey Havens. Oh, Grey Havens. Whatever, I don't care. Come on, dude. <laughs> I can't, look, I got so much real history in my head, I can't remember yeah, where they, the elves went yeah, to. Across the Rainbow Bridge to Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, the Rainbow, it's like fucking Avalon for <laughs> The Rainbow uh, Bridge goes to Asgard. Asgard. Don't worry about it. No, yeah, Valhalla. I guess that's in Asgard, right? Probably. Valhalla's like the district of Asgard that the Asgardians don't go to too much, because it's just super rowdy. Probably, yeah. They're going to gentrify it eventually. <laughs> I don't, I don't believe in any of that shit. <laughs> anyway, I've, yeah, anyway. So moving on. So uh, Kang's communications get cut off by Gerard Butmer. And the... Sorry, I meant to say Butler, but I didn't. it came out wrong. But uh, that, was not a, that was not a deliberate mispronunciation. Uh, so Kang has a new plan. He's going to fake letting Melissa Leo go, Leo go and then kill her in front of the world's press. And you did forget, up before this point, I think we had the uh, lifted directly out of Die Hard. No, that happens after this. Oh, okay. So, but Gerard Butler destroys that plan by killing a bunch of Kang's guys. Kang's on the run, so then it's up to plan B. <laughs> Kang and his men are going to escape disguised as hostages because we've never seen that before only in i think every movie ever it's got to be in basic training at this point yeah i mean i do i I do feel like that was like sniper training is like just shoot their hoods off if you can (laughs) 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 shoot off disguises That was novel when I saw it in QuickTime, but QuickTime is... Quick change. change. QuickTime, Dan, you watch is a it video on program. <laughs> you downloaded it and watched it as a QuickTime video. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's how he watches when movie I watch trailers quick change and in some quick Just like my favorite movie, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> and my it's other, different every time. My other <laughs> favorite movie, Mac Video Player. <laughs> favorite movie, <yeah>. Windows Media <laughs> Player. <laughs> I love that movie, Windows Media Player. It's weird. Sometimes when I watch it, it's like a episode of The Simpsons, and sometimes yeah. it's a porno. I don't understand. <laughs> like, I'm confused, but YouTube. still entertained. <laughs> well, Dan, YouTube is a new is basically a channel now. What? Anyway, Tell me about digital it. is the future of media, Dan. New media. 
Let's get into it. <laughs> it's time for our new media roundtable. Let's take a call. Stuart, you're on the line? <laughs> so when I turn on my computer and put on the YouTube, where's all the naked ladies? <laughs> Great question. Number one, it's just called YouTube, not the YouTube. Number two, type in naked ladies. If that doesn't help, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Maybe you want to try Daily Motion. Okay. All right. Now on the line, we've got Stuart, also <laughs> from New York. Stuart, do you have a question? So, how do I get to that other thing where I can see the naked babes? Okay. You know what? Just type naked babes into Google. I think you'll find what What's you're looking for. What's Google? <laughs> oh, boy. Here we go again. Just kidding, folks. I know all about Google. So, Ellie, you were talking about stuff. <laughs> and how to find naked babes on the internet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, the hostages walk out with the hostage takers. They're all wearing hoods. They get in a rescue helicopter, and then the helicopter explodes. <laughs> and Mission every- accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> everyone the thinks end. everyone thinks the president is in there, but he wasn't. Kang and Aaron Eckhart have faked their own deaths. Right, actually, like, Kang faked their deaths. It's not like Aaron Eckhart was in on it. He's like, yeah, like, whatever. I'm sick of being president. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure. You know what? I want to go. I want to go back to my original life as a poet in France. <laughs> now uh, that's what Jim Morrison did. Anyway, so the Kang faked their deaths so that they can escape. He sets off Cerberus. And he says, I'm not going to launch the missiles. I'm just going to blow them up in their silos, turning America into a nuclear wasteland. Which I immediately got excited, because that would be a great movie, right? Yeah. Road Warrior mutants and shit? Yeah, but in America this time. That's okay. It doesn't have to be in Australia every time. Yeah, it could be in America this time. And... Mutant kangaroos. Why would they be kangaroos? tank girl and shit. (laughs) That's Australia again. Wait, what? Yeah. They would be mutant bears banging tank girl. (laughs) Okay. We have bears in this country. But we could still have tank girls and Of course, we have tanks and girls. Let's put them together. Yeah, why, why not? not? And we've got Lori Petty's, so whatever. Well, we have still? a Lori Petty. National treasure. <laughs> still. still. We haven't gotten rid of that yet? <laughs> Wasn't she like a million years old in League no. of Their Own? No, oh, she boy. was not. But she was the grandma at the end. No. <laughs> She got really old, right? She's the cute young No, one. it's true. They actually aged aged her with the time machine so she could play yeah. the old version of herself. Yep. Yeah. They had her drink from that weird Rick, cup from yeah. Last Crusade. Rick, they Rick. said, now you're going to have to choose poorly for this role. No, Are you comfortable no. with that? They got Rick Moranis from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid to <laughs> fucking make an age ray to, to age age up Lori Petty. It's interesting that that's where you go to your mad scientist. Not just Rick Moranis' character, but from Honey, I Blew Up the Kid, the sequel. Well, Honey, I Shrunk the Kid, Rick Moranis, has too much integrity to I do see. this. Yeah. What about the director video? Yeah. Stuart Gordon was involved with that. Really? How, that how so? Uh, he, like, wrote the original script. It was just for Honey, I Blew Up the Kid? No, Honey, I Shrunk the Kid, not Blew Up the Kid. That's exp- bullshit. That explains why in the original script for Honey, I Shrunk the Kid, there was this weird, greasy S&M monster. <laughs> yeah. And Jeffrey Combs is written into it. Yeah, there was a scene where that severed head of a giant ant uh, gave head to the other person. Dan, not cool. I mean, cool. Barbara what? Crampton. Not cool. Yeah. You always go for the gross scene. Yeah. That's the scene everyone remembers from Reanimator, right? Uh, I guess I remember the reanimating. Mm-hmm. I remember. I'm in it for the reanimating. <laughs> I'm in it for the animating and the reanimating. Okay, let's finish up this stupid movie. All right. <sighs> now I didn't even mention the part where Gerard Butler discovers Dylan McDermott is the turncoat. Yeah, and kills and the him. most diehard diehard of all the diehards. Because it doesn't matter. <laughs> There's no reason for it. So. Gerard Butler catches up with Kang and Kodos, which is what I'm calling the president now. <laughs> sure. And Kodos gets shot, and Gerard Butler's like, "Oh no, I'll I'll save you." But then he has to fight Kang. And they Kang's have, totally winning for a second until the president says, "You can do it," and then he wins. And then Gerard Butler wins. Yeah. Uh, and Gerard Butler's like, "Okay, we'll get you out of here, Mr. President." Not noticing the beep, 
beep, beep, and the giant countdown clock that's down the hall, and then the president's like, no, no, you gotta turn off Cerberus. So he goes, and he gets the code, and he turns Cerberus off with three seconds left. Yeah, it's really exciting. And mm-hmm. the, he and the president walk out. <laughs> Everyone applauds. He and the president walk out, and the president gives a speech as if about how America has been brought to its knees, but now we have an opportunity to be reborn. And it's like, dude, all that really we have to do now is fix the White House and the Washington Monument and give funerals to the people who died. Like, yeah, there was no major— mass burial. This was as This was as far from a major crisis of conscience for the United States as possible, you know. Mass burial? <laughs> so he's going to use a bulldozer to push all those Secret Service agents into a <laughs> mass grave? Throw them in the sun or something. Who cares? <laughs> Throw them into the sun. <laughs> Yeah, this is a, a Kryptonian burial. Just get a really big uh, slingshot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just can't overstate. Maybe in death, terrorists and Secret Service guys can become brothers. Could I? I can't overstate how seriously this movie took itself, and how like I think you could probably make a fun movie with the same exact script, which they the same, possibly did with the with uh, White House Down. The same exact script, just directed the way that like I even don't know, like title, Shane Black would direct. Even the title it. is more like. Is more snooty and serious. Yeah. Olympus has fallen, as opposed to White House down. Yeah. Also, we learned that everything in the in the White House is named after a Greek mythology thing. There's Olympus. There's Cerberus. There's a uh, there's a autom- automated gun named Hydra. Mm-hmm. The president calls his dick Polyphemus because there's one eye. Oh, I get that. <laughs> and it's a son of Poseidon. <laughs> yeah. But also, like, <laughs> this movie is so uh, wrote too. Like, yeah, someone wrote it. <laughs> Because that's why the screenwriters were. were I, a really good point, I, I would like to draw <laughs> attention to one moment in in the movie, which I feel like uh, represents encapsulates the whole film's uh, lack of interest in giving anyone any interesting motivation for anything. Okay, which is when Dylan McDermott is real is revealed as the bad guy, uh, and uh, Aaron Eckhart's like, "You betrayed me," and, and Dylan McDermott's like, "You betrayed us already with your." Globalization and, and your Wall Street, your Wall Street. And it's just like what you just like fucking like pulled two buzzwords out <laughs> of like the political the, hat. It's the laziest explanation <laughs> or rationale for trying to take down yeah. the government. You know, with the globalization and the Wall Street, <laughs> like I, I, you know, he was just hanging out at Occupy Wall Street, and it's like, yeah, man, let's tear down the fucking <laughs> ruling class. And the opposite of that is the fact that you mentioned while we were watching it. They have to give Gerard Butler a reason that he's failed the president in the past. They have to give him a reason and a motivation to want to save the president. <laughs> yeah. He's a, Otherwise, give, he'd be like, fuck it. Let, and give, let's just say, forget that he's a Secret Service agent. It's his job to save the president. Even if he was just a regular American, you'd think he'd be like, you know what? Maybe I will save the president. <laughs> you know, he is the leader of my country and all. But they feel the need to give him a personal emotional motivation. Yeah, it's like, oh, I got to make it up to the president for uh, not saving his wife. And you know how— I got a personal, I got a personal thing. Uh, you know, like, now we're even. I wish, we're, I wish, yeah. even, guys. I wish when he saved the president, he was like, are we square? Yeah. A life cool for a now, life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this thing between us, it's over now, right? We got no beef, no beef, Mr. Prez. And then Prez the, number the one. the president tears up the crazy <laughs> magical contract he filled, uh, filled out with the Baba Yaga. <laughs> <laughs> what were the terms of this Baba Yaga contract? Yeah. I put out a hit on you with the Baba Yaga. <laughs> yeah. So if you see a chicken-legged house, just tell her that, that everything's done. Yeah, she scratched his cheek and said, puffier. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so this is a dumb movie, <laughs> Yeah, well, is what I, we're saying. We're, oh, we uh, didn't even mention the subplot about his wife, who's a nurse, because it's totally irrelevant. There's no reason to have cares? it in there. Who cares? Yeah. 
I think I think a good example of how this is um, similar along the lines of Dylan McDermott's uh, bullshit explanation is the first time Gerard Butler gets on the phone with uh, Krang, is it? Kang. You said Krang. So he's talking to Krang <laughs> on the phone. I heard and Krang. They talk shit to each other a little bit. The, the bad guy says something like, I'll kill a million presidents or something. And uh, <laughs> And... Instead of, like, this is the the chance for the movie or the screenwriter to be like, okay, let's come up with a good line. And I think Gerard Butler just says, fuck off, and hangs he says, up. He says, let's play a game. It's called fuck off, you first. And then he hangs up. <laughs> it's like, it's And the, not, scr- the screenwriter, like, they clearly had a bunch of, like, lines written on a whiteboard, and they crossed them all off and encircled that one and gave each other high five when they wrote it. Well, like, that's the other thing. If that's gonna, their yippee-ki-yay motherfucker. If you're going to treat this as a serious movie, you can't give him one line or quips. You know, it's stupid. It's they, This is a movie that the tone is totally wrong. The story is so by the numbers. The action scenes are boring. The computer effects are bad. The acting is lazy, you know. And he stabs the bad guy in the head with a knife at the end. That's the best part. I mean, when the best thing you can say about the movie is like, there's a lot of head shots. <laughs> like a lot of people get shot in the head and blood splatters out of the back of their head. Mm-hmm. And if you ever wanted to see Melissa Leo get worked over by a couple thugs, <laughs> this is the movie for you, you know? Put that in the IMDb keyword search for recommended <laughs> movies. Melissa Leo worked over by thugs. Bruised Melissa Leo. <laughs> this, oh, everyone whispers all the time. And there's a scene where Melissa Leo and the president are whispering to each other. And she has her arm over her mouth. It's like, thanks, movie. <laughs> you give it, you're making it so hard for me to try to pay attention to you. Uh, um, do we have anything we have to do before we go to look, letters? Let's Dan? just skip the final judgments. I think that it's clear that it was we a all good, good movie, it was a bad, bad movie, <laughs> bad, bad movie, best great movie. We didn't care for this film. But was do you need to say make space to insert something? Um, let's I do mean, it more awkwardly. <laughs> is there space to insert something? Yeah, let's take a moment to uh, have a word from our sponsor, our new sponsor. Can't wait to hear it. Play it, Don. We've got a new sponsor, Frank and Oak. Now, what is Frank and Oak? Imagine you're going someplace where you don't want to wear your Flophouse t-shirt. I know it's hard to imagine, but hear me out. You might want to try Frank and Oak. It's an incredible Montreal-based creative workshop that designs, manufactures, and curates a monthly collection of fine clothing and accessories. They make looking good easy and hassle-free. Frank and Oak's small crew handles every detail of the experience, from curating the online shop to designing the collections and working with the manufacturers to delivering the goods. Frank and Oak uses the highest quality cotton blends from the best mills around the world to bring you clothing with an uncompromised quality and an exceptional value. And with a new collection offered every month, their styles are always current and their clothing is always made with integrity. Frank and Oak's membership is free and they offer a personalized selection of products, plus a no-cost monthly at-home try-on service so you can try before you buy. Check out Frank and Oak on their website at www.frankandoak.com flophouse. That's www.frankandoak.com flophouse. Do you see anything you like? Use the coupon code FLOPHOUSE during checkout to get a 15% discount. Look sharp and help support our show by shopping with them. That's FLOPHOUSE at frankenoak.com slash FLOPHOUSE for a 15% discount. That was great! Fantastic. I'm going to buy a billion of that. So. (laughs) I know what it was for. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm sure our sponsor loves the irony with which you said that. It was shirts. I like the shirt I got a lot. Yeah, no, no. We actually got... 
uh, some very nice shirts from Frank and O. Yeah, I think I'll probably wear mine tomorrow uh, as a sample. And they are. I'm going to wear are, Elliot's after him. <laughs> so you're going to rip it, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. They are a quality product we know from uh, firsthand experience. But now. Now. We're going to move on. We're moving on. Two letters. Letters. Yeah. Uh, the flop Are you movie ready to letters? <laughs> Actually, it's let's get ready to re- letters. Yeah. Are so, you ready for some letters? Uh-huh. Monday night letters, everybody, if you're listening to this on a Monday night. If you're not, insert the day of the week you're listening to and mm-hmm. the time of that day, and mm-hmm. then add letters to the end of it. For example, let's say it's a Wednesday morning. Yeah. Okay. Wednesday morning uh, Wednesday morning letters. Okay, sure. Let's say it's Thursday around noonish. Sure. Thursday noonish letters. Okay. Let's say it's the summer solstice. Mm-hmm. I don't know what day that is, so just sure. say summer solstice. Climb letters. out of that wicker yeah. man you're probably stuck in. <laughs> you know what? Don't stick around in the wicker man because it's about to become a burning man festival. If you know what I but mean. But whatever the case. Wink. Write it, da- write it down on a piece of paper, dig a hole, bury it in your backyard. <laughs> and forget about it. Yep. <laughs> and in a million years, you'll be dead. <laughs> That's the payoff. <laughs> but the first letter is... Uh, that reminds me, sorry, before we talk about letters, this sure. is n- un- totally unrelated to everything. That I was thinking about Mortality, how... Mortality, guys. <laughs> how the, the village that they built for Star Wars in Tunisia to represent Tatooine and Mos Eisley... Sure. Uh, is slowly being overtaken by sand dunes that are moving farther it's terrible. here. And I just imagine that in 400 years, an archaeologist will dig there and find this alien civilization. Be like, oh my God, this changes everything about our knowledge of human history. Where are they getting all that blue milk? <laughs> These people were using vaporators. <laughs> there was some kind of alien bar here. Yeah. So thanks, George Lucas. Droids for- were clearly not welcome. <laughs> George Lucas for screwing with the get- minds of future yeah. archaeologists. They should- Clearly should have gone down to Tashi Station to pick up some new cap power converters. Unless it's possible that by that point, Star Wars will have become a religion. And they'll be like, we found it, the holy place. Yeah. Let's fight over it for a thousand years. Uh, but this first letter is titled Family Drama. Dear the Flophouse. That's us. I recently recommended the podcast to my sister, and she told me that she was forced to turn it off because, quote, those guys are so mean. Yeah, that's fair. To be fair... <laughs> She ignored my description of three distinct personalities, including two Daily Show writers and a Daily Show animal wrangler, watched terrible movies, closest we'll get to a MST3K podcast, and she ignored the title of That's the podcast. High praise. That's high praise. Yeah. Which, which includes the word flop, and she ignored the back catalog of undeniably flop-tastic movies until she hit a movie that she owned and loved. What movie was that? I want to know. she ignored the description of the podcast from within the podcast itself. To her great surprise, you did not enjoy the Oscar-nominated Valentine's Day. <laughs> Wait, Oscar-nominated? I'm not sure what, what more you could have done. I think it was nominated for worst everything. <laughs> I think you misread that, Dan. It was D-Wars. <laughs> I'm not sure what you could have done to advertise you the, make fun of news. The Oscar-nominated Big Money Rustlers. <laughs> I'm not sure what my sister... And the Oscar for funniest movie. <laughs> the Oscar for biggest money rustlers goes to... Oh, it's an upset the, the King's speech. <laughs> so accepting for Colin Firth will be shaggy too dope. Yeah. And I'm not sure why my sister would think I would recommend a podcast that celebrates the achievements of Gary Marshall's finest work. No such podcast exists. Perhaps she ignored seven warnings indicating this is the work of the nefarious seven pounds, or it's the Flophouse House Cat, who I imagine is a Carmen Sandiego-esque world traveling criminal. When not haunting Dan's apartment. Regardless, thanks for the podcast, even if it highlights my sister's terrible taste in movies. Ethan, last name withheld. 
Well, we apologize to Ethan's sister, who yeah. Ethan I Hawk. assume is no longer listening. <laughs> it was Ethan Hawke. It's probably Ethan Hawke. Now, yeah. uh, Ethan, Star of Daybreaker. Yes. We, we appreciate. We apologize to her, his sister, Holly Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Uh, uh, Ethan, thanks for recommending the podcast. We're sorry your sister didn't like it. But hey, that's the great thing about this country, uh, that anyone can like the things they like, and we don't have to like the same thing. And sometimes we have to team up to fight terrorists, and we win. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Always. USA. Up all USA. night. USA. <laughs> Characters are welcome here. <laughs> no. <laughs> Boobs are welcome at USA up all night. Okay. Uh, but thanks again, Ethan. Recommend our podcast as much as you please. We don't care how many family members you alienate. Yeah, and this... When you say recommend this podcast, the podcast, this uh, reminds me. I feel like we should do more social networking. I feel like we should encourage people to tweet about the podcast, perhaps with a. Are we having hashtag, a business meeting right now? Hashtag <laughs> Flophouse. Okay, let's have out. a shit sandwich here, hashtag guys. Hashtag Flophouse. You're doing great on talking about stupid stuff. Not so good at tweeting. Great on laughing and thanks being for, really good friends. Thanks for the review, Stuart. Okay, now I'll do a review for Dan. Dan, you're doing great at producing the podcast. You talk way too much about your knee. Okay. And also, great work with the knee. Fair enough. <laughs> I really like this new thing you're doing. Okay, uh, Elliot, I think that you're great with your comedy uh, reviews of the other hosts. Great, and that's the reviews for everybody. So, Oh, wow, you cut them off. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. what's the middle? What's the bad part? Yeah, what's the um, shit part of that sandwich? I don't know. Something about your voice. <laughs> okay, that I have an irritating voice. That's fair. Uh, so moving on. So okay. So and the harsh spotlight does not fall upon Stewart. <laughs> no, I'm just saying he you, slinks into the shadows. If you want to, pr- if you want to promote the show, maybe uh, hashtag Flophouse. That'd be great. I mean, I feel like our fans are really dedicated. They're already doing a lot to promote it by wearing our faces on their chests mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or stomachs. In gu- my case, guys, we uh, thank you a lot for making us what we are today, and if you want to help us out some more, that would be fantastic. And we but understand just, that you could break us. Just, mm-hmm. you, can ma- you made us and you can destroy us. But just the fans mm-hmm. taketh and the, giveth and the fans <laughs> taketh away. But just so you know, hey, we appreciate what you've done. We're not demanding more. We're just saying we trust you. Yeah. Do, do what your body feels like, as Stuart <laughs> yeah, would say. Just do what your body wants. Yeah. I like how Dan listen just misquoted Stuart. Uh, listen to the rhythm of Dan's voice. <laughs> yeah. and the rhythm Feel of the, the beat night. of the rhythm of my voice. So, uh, this next Go letter. Dancing in the Rain. La Vida <laughs> yeah. Loca. Yeah, who's Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> so, this next you got letter. Many song titles? Or? <laughs> <laughs> that's all the songs. <laughs> all of them. Song. I think that's all of them. Every except... song that was been written. <laughs> we just said them all. All five of them. <laughs> just turn this thing off. <laughs> so, this next, next letter. Next letter. Is titled. Uh, well, that was sent to the hashtag Flophouse. It's two Stewart. No, oh. two Stewarts. Okay, I'm well. seeing double. <laughs> From Sean, last name withheld of the dead. Stuart Lymington. I've had enough of your hatred. You may have noticed that I've kidnapped the house cat, your friend, ally, lover. If you want to secure house cat's safe passage back to Dan's apartment, you will recommend one of my mo- movies on today's episode. Otherwise, I'll check him into rehab. And who knows what will happen to your party animal friend there. Signed, first name withheld, Hayes. So. <laughs> Wait, he doesn't have movies. Wait, does he does have he? movies? He had a, a TV show and a Broadway show and another TV show. Mm-hmm. Oh, The Three Stooges. That was a Sean Hayes movie. Okay, so I recommend that. Give me back my house cap. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you monster. Um, so, uh, moving on. A Flophouse Nightmare. I threatened to punch one person, a couple people, and now people make a big deal out of it. 
I mean, Uva Bowl is the only one I remember you for. He threatened punch. to punch Dario Argento, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a creep. And I think Barack Obama in one episode. <laughs> no way. That's insane. And the Secret Service is coming after you. And the Secret Service, Gerard Butler. He already okay. has a bone to pick with you. Okay. Good thing I'm wearing a case over my brain so it cannot be stabbed. You better. The bone to pick is a wishbone. Pull wisely so that you can make your wish to not be beaten up by Gerard Butler. <laughs> yeah. But watch out, because then the Wishmaster appears. Okay, I've watched enough Wishmaster movies <laughs> to know that I'm totally dead. <laughs> okay, uh, so this letter's titled, A Flophouse Let's Nightmare. Let's talk about Wishmaster some more. <laughs> A Flophouse Nightmare. We were doing the Flophouse, and we realized we had forgotten our pants. For Stuart, it was not a nightmare. Hi, Floppers. I'm a fairly new listener, but I've got to share the Weirdly spooky positive. comedy nightmare I had this morning. Fairly new, like they just started listening, or fairly new, like they were just born? I don't or know. a clone. <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. They just came out of it's their... Back to tank. Back to tank. <laughs> That's what I want. You, okay, I thought it was Bathy too you, for a second. You guys are right. This emailer should have been more clear. I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm Whoa, sorry. Sorry, Grouchy McCoy. Continue. Uh, I'm sure this Bath comedy nightmare I had. <laughs> in it, I was the Flophouse's own Elliot Kalin. And I was solving a mysterious rash of child abductions in a strange village. <laughs> wow. As Elliot. <laughs> Weird dream. I traveled to an island and found a clearing in the brush stained with blood. I knew the children were all dead. <laughs> wow, this is a horrible dream. I saw a flash of fur and turned to see the culprit. Turns out it was a goofy panther all along. <laughs> I say goofy <laughs> yeah, because his I was, face... I'm glad you knew that I was going to ask that question. Because his face looked like a taxidermy panther made by someone who never seen a panther. Anyway, he ate those children, so but spared horrible. me, Elliot. Or did he? I'll never know because I woke up from laughing. All in all, I'd rate this dream spookily good bad. Flop on, you floppy diamonds. Ashley, last name with That's better than most of my dreams. Wow. That goofy panther sounds pretty horrible, so congratulations for making me totally creeped out. I'm just glad I infiltrated your brain to the point where you want to be me in your dreams. Yeah. This is the lamest Wicker Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just assuming that Panther was Freddy, but he he was like not trying very hard. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, "Oh, uh, it's time for me to to leave for the day, but I got one more kill to do. I'll just be a Goofy Panther or something." <laughs> hey, I'm a Goofy, I'm a Goofy Panther, bitch. Grr, 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 bitch. You scared? Whatever. Anyway, quitting time. See you later, bitch. <laughs> The panther like punches out like in those Warner Brothers cartoons. Yes, as another guy with a fi- with a blade finger glove walks in and punches in. Hey Fred. Hey Tim. <laughs> but uh, no. panther, huh? Already, I'll take over. Grr, grr. I'm a panther, bitch. Uh. <laughs> uh, Freddie, can I? You come into my office for a second. Uh, yeah, Mister Guffson. What is it? Uh, Freddie, we've been getting a lot of complaints that you're calling the clients bitch. Uh, you know, I just, it's part of my thing. It's just kind of spooky. I mean, I'm going to kill them anyway. Yeah, What's I, uh, yeah, but we can kill the clients with respect. <laughs> you know, we don't need to Scaring be Scaring is one thing. Uh, sexism is quite another. <laughs> There's a little place thing called workplace appropriateness and sexual harassment. I'm going to need you to go to a three-hour training session. <laughs> oh, not again. Come on, sir. Take it easy on the homoeroticism, please. <laughs> you don't have to rip off everybody's wiener. <laughs> So no bitch. The there's all this blood down there. It was there. just the one movie. So no bitch and no wiener ripping. Can I do my job now? Whoa, Freddy, enough with the talk back. You know, I'm, this is going in your record. No, come on, another black market. I'm on probation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Double secret probation. 
They'll never I, let me into the fraternity now. Look, I need this job. This is the only thing I know how to do. Killing kids in their dreams. If you don't, I can't go back to being a lawyer. That's fine. But if you don't shape up, we're going to replace you with Jason. It will be a Freddy versus Jason situation. Jason, he never talks. Yeah, and he doesn't say bitch as a result. <laughs> Freddy, you can learn a thing or two from Jason. Oh, God. Guy thinks he's so great. <laughs> Just because he was in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> we get it. We get it. Just because his mom's got her head chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> and he has teleportation abilities, and he's a death elemental, and a, probably a zombie. Freddie, right. you t- show me another job where you can wear no, a I hat can, can and a striped sweater Jason. to work. No, no, no. no, no. We got to get to the last letter. He's got a machete. We got to get uh, to the Freddy, last. step in for a second. He got Jason, killed by a fire starter, I think. Jason, can you step in here too, both of you? Now, uh-huh. this is a hard decision. I know both of you applied to the in-space program, but <laughs> we can only send one of you into space. And I'm sorry, we've made a decision. Jason, you're going to space. And Jason doesn't talk, so he just raises his fists and pumps <laughs> him in the air silently. And Freddy's like, this is bullshit, man. I've been with this company 25 years. I've killed way more kids than he has. I'm not sure that's true, Freddy. We can check the numbers, but it's all about demeanor. You got to scratch. You scratch our back, I'll scratch yours. But Please I don't, don't want scratch. you. Please don't really scratch my back because your fingers have blades on them. Mr. Gustafson, I mean, I, I respect you, but I don't respect the guys upstairs, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And maybe that's part of the problem, Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's part of the problem. Case yeah, closed. Look hey, inside yourself. Shape up and fly right. Maybe you'll go into space one day. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'm never going to go into space. <laughs> not with that attitude. You're not Freddie. Jason, can you please leave the room? <laughs> I think I have to talk to Freddie again. <laughs> Now, Freddie. Wait, so how long has this been? I mean, Freddie, you're on thin ice, buddy. Uh, Let me be honest. You're on thin ice. I don't care who your uncle is. Maybe (laughs) Bill Kruger runs this company. That doesn't mean we have to keep you on the payroll. Look, I've gone to bat for you a couple times. (laughs) At a certain point, at a certain point, there's only so much I can do, buddy. You got to help me help you. I know, I know. You're a good guy. I've contributed all I can. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, are we done with Freddie's trouble at his job? Okay. This last letter. This ladder, this last, this ladder. <laughs> this ladder, this last Damn, ladder. How are we supposed to respond to a ladder? I guess it's 12 feet tall. There's nothing we can joke this about. This last about that. letter, or as I call it, a ladder, <laughs> is, is titled, Hey, it's, it's me, Elliot. What, what, huh? Oh, Hold no. on. Why does everyone want to be me all dear, of a sudden? Dear well, fellow, I felt my, like we were trapped in a weird wormhole. Yeah, I mean, dear fellow flopperinos. That's right. It's me, Elliot. It's not. I know what you guys are wondering. Why write into a podcast I'm actually on? And if you're Elliot, i.e. me, you're probably wondering, why don't I remember writing this letter? Well, shut up for a second, because I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Please, thank you. I I wrote it in to tell you guys. I'm writing it from the future. Something terrible is going to happen. I'm writing to tell you guys what I don't have courage to say in person. Firstly, Dan, you are a proud and noble leader, and I want you to know I love you. Not in a weird slash fiction kind of way, but you are the greatest person I know kind of way. That's not, no. I would like to give you my Emmys as a sign of appreciation. Ignore me if I protest this bequeathal in person. <laughs> I'm just being shy. I really want you to have the Emmy, so feel free to take it by force. I mean, Elliot, I mean, I have my own You Emmy. have one. You don't need my I don't know three. why, but uh, thank you. You may get another one this weekend. I don't know. Don't knock on wood. I must have really been on the paint thinner don't when I wrote this letter. Wood. But what do I say to Stuart? Stuart, I do love you in a slash fiction kind of way. Okay. Elliot. <laughs> Wait, so oh, well, that's sure. All, that's, okay, cool. Elliot, that's all I had to say to you, you're Stuart. You're talking to yourself. Don't panic yet. All will be revealed in the porthole of time. Dan, <laughs> it's wait, real. Dan, wink at me now. <laughs> I also, also, stop being so coy about Ms. Hathaway. We totally tapped that. And now for a series of rapid fire Elliot, confessions. Gentlemen, never tell. 
Number one, I've never seen Casablanca, nor any other black and white movie for that matter. I find them boring and only recommend them to seem cool. I don't know what I'm saying. Don't listen to me. Number two, my favorite part of the podcast are the all too rare occasions when my brother write in, writes in, David, you are fascinating and awesome. <laughs> no, no, it's untrue. Number three, my natural voice is a deep baritone, a la Barry White. I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, uh, guys, uh, I don't. N- number four, <laughs> it's crazy. I have confusing dreams involving the Flophouse house cat. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. Now, I know I'm probably protesting this right now in my affected high-pitched voice, but rest assured, I'm just nervous. These are my true feelings, and I welcome you to hold me to them. Flop on. Sincerely, Elliot Kalen. P.S. Hey, Dan, while you're reading this, could you do me a favor? I'd like you to turn to me and say the following sentence in a gravelly voice. Do you want to play a little game? (laughs) No! Jigsaw! (laughs) He got me the only way he knows how, by becoming me. In order to trap an Elliot, I have to become an Elliot. <laughs> when you stare into the abyss, the Elliot stares back. <laughs> we who hunt Elliots become Elliots ourselves. Mm-hmm. Well, me, that was an interesting letter. <laughs> totally incorrect. I must have written it either on Backwards Day or Nega Elliot, the evil Elliot from another mirror dimension, wrote it. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's the evil dimension where Elliot thinks my brother is interesting. <laughs> Bizarro Elliot. <laughs> Bizelli. Um... And Gerard Butler Based doesn't Mark star Elliott. in any movies. Well, he stars in good movies in the in the Evil Universe. Mm-hmm. Oh, but wait, I don't get the wait. What are the rules of Evil Universe? <laughs> it's just opposite stuff. Okay, so he stars in really good books. <laughs> His <laughs> books are every, the opposite of movies. Not every like movies word is for a, your mind. Oh man, yeah, and he's and he's Brazilian because that's the opposite <laughs> of Scottish. So, quickly. and when you invite people into your house, they go outside of your house, <laughs> and you say you say bad bye. <laughs> <laughs> when you mean hello. Have you a say, bad night and instead you, of have a nice day. And you say heaven-o when you mean goodbye, because heaven is the opposite of hell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, yep. those and, are the rules. And you eat pasta made by Chef Man RD. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would be Chef Girl, Girl RD. RD. <laughs> so, uh, well, <laughs> it's good that we established those rules. For the mirror Very universe. <laughs> So what are we but, doing now? Recommending uh, stuff? We should recommend quickly, quickly. Quickly now, quickly. Some recommend quickly down under. That we watched recently. <laughs> Alan Rackman's or not, in that? Not recently, if we don't have a good <laughs> one. Rackman. Uh, recommend movies that we actually enjoyed. Like and Alan Rickman directs porn movies. That's the name he uses. <laughs> Adam Rackman. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Adam Shankman. Uh, movies that we actually enjoyed. Yeah. Uh, are, what are you looking at us Who's for? going first? I'll go. Um, Lead the way, leader. Because I only have You've one. You've been flying on planes a lot lately. No, I have not. But <laughs> I, I was on vacation for a couple of weeks, and I didn't have a chance to see a lot of movies. But one thing that I did see while on the road that I enjoyed was uh, The World's End. Oh. Okay, that's a... I like that, too. conclusion of the Cornetto trilogy, the Simon Pegg, Edgar Wright, Nick Frost film. Uh, a movie that I initially kind of ranked... As my least favorite of the three, just because I thought it was the least funny, but upon reflection, kind of is is, is climbing up in my estimation. Yeah. It has a lot uh, of uh, genuine emotional content that I kind of respect, and I, I feel like the thing that kind of made uh, gave me the biggest problem was there's a weird... Uh, left turn kind of the movie takes at the very end of the, f- of the film yep. that I wasn't necessarily sure I was going to go along with. But <clears throat> I've read some things on the internet that have kind of made me think maybe I would appreciate it more on a second, on viewing. A second viewing. Yeah, that so, I liked that movie uh, a lot. End. And the ending didn't quite work for me, but it enough. 
you know, yeah, I mean, I actually, it wasn't terrible. In some ways, I think it was my favorite of the three. Yeah, but I feel like of the three movies, that's the one that, if you took all the crazy stuff out, it is the most interesting and holds together. The I best. agree, and and uh, Simon Pegg's performance in it is fantastic. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. I think it's the best of his work. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to recommend a movie called The Place Beyond the Pines. Oh, I just uh, watched that on a plane. What am I, Dan whoa. McCoy, all of a sudden? It was must bus- have been a long flight. It was. It was 10 hours, but it was business class on Turkish Air. Sweet. I got a chair that turns into a bed. Mm-hmm. No kidding. It was awesome. We had and a s- chair back hookah. Uh, Wait, no, that's, that's a stereotype. <laughs> yep, and he slept on a fucking pita bread. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yeah, and they just fed me Turkish delight. It was a delight. Now that uh, what and I will you ate say, fezzes. That, that as soon as as soon as the first class, as the business class flight takes off, they give you a bag of toiletries. That's a really nice bag, and and with real nice toiletries, and and then a Godiva chocolate. And it's like now you're just rubbing it in that I'm in business class, like just free candy right off the bat. Anyway, I wasn't paying, so that's why I could fly that way. But okay. the point is, place behind the pines. Behind um, the pines. Behind the pines. The place. Either way. The place in the pine <laughs> The Place adjacent to the pines. <laughs> the place in the pine region. Uh, pine Schenectady, place. New York. Basically, let's just uh, place beyond the pines. Sure. Uh, it's the second collaboration between Ryan Gosling and a guy, the director whose name I'm not going to from Blue Valentine. Pronounce. Yeah, from Blue Valentine. Let's just call him Blue Valentine. Um, I B-Vals. would recommend it if B-Vals. you <laughs> like. I don't know, like a slow-paced... Uh, Sell it. Uh, <laughs> okay, if you like Ryan Gosling's abs, and you like bank robberies, if you and like, you also like confused protagonists... <laughs> you like motorcycle stunts inside of round cages. <laughs> it's a, You'd say it's like an intergenerational story. It's a, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to kind of talk about, I feel, without kind of ruining elements of it for a person. Yeah, it's but, best not to know the plot. But a big part of it is that there's a lot of kind of awkward scenes and, I guess, uh, uh, characters with questionable morals and ethics uh, put in positions where they have to make choices they don't want to necessarily. Um, Do not watch it if you want something that's going to be very straightforward or you don't like things that are slightly overwrought. Uh, Do watch it if you like kind of slow movies that take place in Schenectady, New York. (laughs) That take place near Pines. (laughs) Yeah. Or uh, beyond them. As the case may be. Yep. Now, I'll recommend my movie as quickly as I can. This is, I'm going to recommend a movie. People who listen to these in sequence are going to think I only watch Francois Truffaut movies, not realizing it's been like a month since our last episode. But I watched one recently that I like a lot, another Francois Truffaut, called The Story of Adele H., which is one I was not familiar with at all before I started watching it. Uh, but it's a combination of two things I like, Francois Truffaut and Isabella Johnny in her first major role uh, as a woman – a French woman who has become – is in love with, some would say become obsessed with an English soldier in the 1860s who she's fallen in love with. Uh, and he has been restationed to Halifax and she on her own travels to Halifax and tries to win him back with increasingly insane – behavior basically while becoming more and more obsessed and building this fantasy like all about steve yeah exactly building this fantasy life around her uh and she herself comes from a very i don't want to give away like who she is even though most descriptions of the movie give it away but she comes from a very uh privileged background and this plays into it but the main thing about it is uh francois truffaut doing like a color historical costume film, which is something you don't see from him very much, and what he does with it is interesting, but also that Isabella Johnny gives one of her kind of classic 
throwing herself completely into a perform into a role performances, kind of like in Possession, the crazy movie where she leaves her husband Sam Neill for a green tentacle monster, where she is just totally allows herself to be totally vulnerable and open in front of the camera and takes herself to really intense places and it's just a really fantastic like brutal performance much of the time this is a woman who really feels like she's going insane before our eyes uh but it's good the story of adele h um yeah so this was some good recommendations i want to say before we go though uh what are, wait what are you what are you saying where's this going listeners should stay tuned oh the movie with john ritter uh, stay tuned. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you're it's got a nice of mom and dad save the world. <laughs> I mean, you know, stay tuned has a nice Chuck Jones directed segment, but that's not what I was saying. And Jeffrey Jones is in it when it was still okay to like him. Uh, I'm saying, uh, stay tuned to the end of this podcast uh, because we're gonna uh, debut like a, a little treat of some kind, a little treat, a little song, a little song that. Uh, Why are you guys looking at me? I dare say, if this song had debuted at the beginning of the summer. It would be the song of the summer. Forget Blurred Lines. Forget Blurred Lines. Forget Up All Night or whatever it was called. Yeah, forget. Out All Night? Uh, to Get Lucky? Get Lucky. That Daft Punk song. Yeah, man. Forget the Miley Cyrus one where she's on a wrecking ball and she's nude. Yeah. Forget the other Miley Cyrus one where she's like rubbing her butt against things. Mm-hmm. This, yeah, I think, I this think would the, be the song the, of the, the summer. The VMAs were asking me if they could debut it there, but I said, no, no, no. Yeah. Flophouse first. Flophouse first. Well, here's I really the appreciate thing. that loyalty. Here's the thing. Like with movies, a lot of the, a lot of the trash... A lot of the trash gets debuted during the summer, mm-hmm. and then when fall comes yeah, around, it's award season. Yeah, awards, so, awards films. You know what? I'm going to name this the song of the autumn. This yeah. is the song everyone's going to be listening to all autumn long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So zip up your cardigans yeah. over your button-down shirts. Put it on your pod, listeners. Put it on your pod. <laughs> yeah. What? Rake the leaves <laughs> in front of your house while listening to this soon-to-be hit. Jacket into your ears. Hard uh, style. <laughs> And uh, take a listen to this new single. Pull the guts out of a pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> but while you're doing it, listen to this. Uh, this is music to eat a turkey to. Yeah, but before we uh, debut Or look at some song, decorative corn cobs. <laughs> <laughs> this is the pumpkin spiced coffee of yeah. songs. Put a, a cornucopia up to your ear. <laughs> Indeed, put ten cornucopias up to your ears. Put a hundred cornucopias up to your ears. And, uh, and as the bounty of music flows <laughs> forth into your brain holes, just enjoy it. <laughs> but uh, before that, uh, that deluge of musical genius uh, cascades over you, I would just like to sign off saying that I've been Dan McCoy. Over there is Elliot Kalen. And ahead of me is that? It is Stuart Wellington. Then that means land, land. We've reached land. Good night, everyone. And now, an exclusive Flophouse event. Alex Smith and Stuart Wellington present their new single. Uh, can I get your attention, please? This is the captain speaking. Can somebody tell that house cat to stop partying? Uh-oh! An ancient prophecy speaks of a mighty house cat rising from a blood-red sea. Some say he was born in a puddle of toxic waste. Some say he's the son of the devil himself. He hangs out with the Flophouse guys. He's a house cat. Did you, did you, did you know about the house cat? That house cat is a badass. He's a house cat. No nerds allowed, not when the house cat's in town. Did you know about the house cat? Uh-oh.
prognosis for that house cat is radical. Well, of course, he's 10 feet tall. He's covered in silky white black fur. He only wears his baseball cap on backwards. He's incredibly wealthy. Sunglasses, a necessity. Sometimes he wears overalls. He doesn't smoke cigarettes because they're bad for your health. His favorite instrument, the guitar. Favorite food, pizza. Favorite movie, Road to Perdition. Favorite book, Tuck Everlasting. Did you, did you, did you know about the house cat? That house cat does not play by the rules. He's a house cat. It's been four days since we went out into the bush and that flop house cat is going completely feral. Uh Uh-oh. He's wearing his overalls, picking up things, eating some food, drinking some brews, knocking over nerds. Breaking the rules, ruining weddings, and breaking up rules. No way, two babes at once? I've been with too many human zeros. Time to get with a house cat hero. No, 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 no. Leave the sunglasses on. We sure hope you haven't been declawed. Funky house cat. Did you, did you, did you know about the house cat? Who gave that cat those clothes? He's a house cat. Mr. President, have you ever heard of a house cat? He's so powerful. Uh-oh. I don't know what's going on here, officer. That house cat should be in class, but instead he stole my girlfriend. Did you, did you, did you know about the house cat? Where'd he come from? That's the thing nobody knows. He's a house cat. You're going to have to hand in your badge and gun unless you can turn in this house cat that's been terrorizing the town. Uh-oh. And the award for baddest dude goes to... Ha, the house cat, of course. Let's